Ahoy! I'm Colin Hunter, also known as just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flesh, but you could call me JD. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 40. Sorry about the delay, We uh, this usually comes out on Friday mornings, but instead it's coming out on Saturday due to Captain Marvel. It came out, and due to JD living on the other side of the continent, we are reviewing it a little late. We both saw it Thursday night, so we have our thoughts kind of like really thought out since it's not like right away like what happened on our last movie review which was venom i think aquaman aquaman right 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 so geez i missed spider-verse too so yeah it's gonna be a little late uh (laughs) this episode will be focused on not only captain marvel but doomsday clock number nine came out as well this week so those are the two big things that we're gonna focus on we're gonna kind of go really in depth in these things no spoilers for captain marvel doomsday clock will be discussing the entire issue and the entire run in general, but you're safe if you're just here for the Captain Marvel f- review. No spoilers, we'll mention minor plot details here and there, minor character moments, and but nothing that will actually give away any spoilers. And that being said, uh, for those who yeah. just haven't seen our movie reviews, what we do is usually talk about all the good stuff first, all the bad stuff after that, and then all the nerdy stuff after that, of like references and cameos and stuff like that. Nothing spoiling, but yeah, with that being said, uh, we'll start with the good. JD, you want to start? What did you think of Captain Marvel? Yeah, uh, just real quick, I wanted to say, uh, for anyone who doesn't want to listen to the Captain Marvel review but is interested to hear us talk about Doomsday Clock, I'll put the, if Future Me remembers, I'll put the (laughs) timestamps in the description so you can skip ahead if you want. So now it's on Future Me to actually do it. Uh, But yeah, let's uh, get right into Captain Marvel. So, uh, good. There is a lot of good in this movie. I, uh... So I went in with pretty low expectations because, you know, all the trailers just didn't really interest me. I just, I'm not into the character. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that good. So I really wasn't expecting much. But it was it was surprisingly, you know, it didn't disappoint me, which I thought was pretty good. I thought, I wouldn't say it was like a great movie. I wouldn't say it's a good movie. I'd say it's very okay. But that's not a bad thing. It's not bad by any standards. I, I thought it was very okay. And I, okay. yeah, it's like a middle of the pack MCU film for me. I, I think you might feel a little different based on your Instagram story. <laughs> I liked it. It's not a great movie, but I did like it. Like I thought it was a good yeah. movie. A good like I wouldn't say like a really good superhero movie. I would say a really good sci-fi movie. With the whole like set in the nineties yeah. was kind of nostalgic, which I'll get into in a few minutes here. But uh I thought it was a good yeah. movie. And one of the reasons for that was actually Brie Larson herself. I thought she was a good Captain Marvel. She played a very good confused person, <laughs> I guess. Which is kinda of like the plot of this movie. It's about finding yourself. You know, who was I? Who am I? And that gets played a lot in a lot of movies, but I feel like this movie handled that story very well. No way. Well, yeah, what did you yeah, think of the uh, story? I thought the story was pretty interesting. I, I like the way that they did change up the uh, formula in a way, like for the origin at least. Uh, the origin isn't really given to you all at once, like a, you know, a typical superhero movie would be. The origin's given to you in bits and pieces, and you got to kind of connect the dots and uh, you know put two and two together where you can. You need so a high I really, IQ. Uh, dug that. <laughs> you, you need a high IQ to understand Zack Snyder movies. Uh, <laughs> no, but I thought it was—I thought it was very interesting to see uh, how they kind of changed the formula for Origin, at least. So uh, I really thought the first act and really even the second act were really well done of kind of uh, giving you piece by piece, giving it—I mean, you're almost like Captain Marvel in this. Like you're learning about yourself uh, or learning about her, rather, how she learns about herself. So you get like a little bit here and there. It's fuzzy, but you got to try to connect the dots and try to see who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and where the line blurs in between. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really cool and I thought it was different. So I really yeah. dug that. 
Speaking of the origin, they actually changed it from the comics, or so they said they would. It's not that different from the comics. I thought it would be completely different. Uh, in the comics, a ship lands on Earth. Captain Marvel goes, or Bree, Bree, no. Carol Danvers happens to be by the crash, goes over, alien inside, ship blows up, she gets her powers. Uh, kind of like Green Lantern. Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. Yeah, because yeah. the Green Lantern story, ship comes down, Hal Jordan happens to be nearby, goes over, ring goes on him from the ship. So it's very similar, and they said, we want to stay away from Green Lantern, we want to change the origin, because Captain Marvel's is very similar to Green Lantern. They didn't really change it that much. It's still basically the same origin. It's just, like, slightly different how she maybe finds the ship, slightly different how the ship blows up in a way. So it is the same idea, though, which I appreciate in a way. Because, like, I don't yeah, want yeah, to be completely I th- different. I, th- I thought the origin was... Yeah, I thought it was done fine. I thought it was, like, a fine change-up. I'm not usually one to differ a lot from the comics, but I thought this was fine. I mean, I guess maybe it's because it's different because I'm not as into Captain Marvel. Like, if they did that in a Green Lantern film, I guess I would be, like, a little more upset. But no, I, I thought this was fine. I thought it worked for the film purposes. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm not too into Captain Marvel either. I don't know. Recent years for Marvel comic readers, Captain Marvel hasn't been the greatest character ever (laughs) she's kind of been portrayed as like a very mean person i would say she's getting better like uh the the latest avengers run i think she's really good in that but when she's on her own she's just kind of like a mean person and that kind of like yeah and i think i think it's yeah, and I think it's kind of different for you and I because we're kind of casual Marvel readers. Like, we're not into Marvel like we're into DC. So, yeah. really, the main Captain Marvel stories we've read are... Uh, I mean, maybe you've read some Captain Marvel stories that I haven't, but uh, I've mostly read Civil War II uh, and the Avengers books she's been in, but not much other than that. I've read maybe, like, several issues of, of her solo run, but nothing, like, major. Yeah, I guess I'm the same idea there. And Civil War II portrayed her as a villain, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, she literally put Tony Stark in a coma. Yeah, for disagreeing with her about what to do with a teenage boy. But <laughs> yeah, that's a topic for another day. Uh, this movie, they made yeah. her not mean, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, she is a... Yeah, no, I thought her character was very likable, and I thought um, she had amazing chemistry with Samuel Jackson oh, uh, yeah. Fury, which, I mean, I know they've been in a movie together in the past, Kong, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. so... Uh, I had a feeling they'd have good chemistry, but yeah, they really shined in the scenes they are together. Yeah, like, she's very sassy, but in a good way, and she would do, like, subtle, sassy jokes to Nick Fury, and Nick Fury's facial reactions were always funny to that, and so, I don't know, she she has jokes, she has personality, like, she, she could be happy, she could be angry, she could be sad, she could be more angry, but, like, it works. I, I really yeah. liked her personality. Yeah, I think the, I think the trailers didn't do justice to her character, I guess, because like based on the trailers, you would be like, oh yeah, she has no personality. She's like a block of wood. But if you actually watch the movie, it's not like that at all. So I, I think the trailers just didn't do justice to her as a character. Yeah, they showed the trailer showed the few scenes where she was like serious when she's not really fully serious. Mm-hmm. Like she kind of the start of the movie before they get to Earth because it does start off in space. Not really a spoiler, okay? It's her origin, but it kind of reminded me. <laughs> kind of reminded me of Star Lord in a way, her personality. Yeah, like yeah, it was. I see that. Yeah, it was very like she wants to be in the front of the line. She wants to get in and get out of whatever mission she's doing. And if she gets in like an enemy's way, 
she'll just have to like fight her way out. She'll maybe stop and try to say some things first, and if that doesn't work out, she'll start shooting them down like Star Lord. In a way, at the first Guardians of the Galaxy, when he's getting the Infinity Stone, he's like, "Oh, he call he like he calls the guards a Ninja Turtle," and then he starts shooting his way out. Something similar kind of happens in this movie where Captain Marvel says something, doesn't work, then starts fighting her way out. So it's very yeah. like it's not as humorous as Star Lord. Star Lord is more of a humorous character, and Captain Marvel, I say, would compare more so to Captain America, where there is humor here and there, but for the most part, it's like serious, but in a good way. It's not that typical mm-hmm. MCU humor, which we do get in this movie, but I feel like not as much as recent ones. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. There, there's moments where I was just like, all right, this joke has been going on a little too long. Or yeah. I was like, all right, that's just not funny. <laughs> um, I, I thought, if anything, I thought like 60 to 70% of the jokes just didn't land. There were a few that really landed. I thought, um, especially like the jokes that were able to be made with one of the best characters in the movie, Goose, the uh, cat. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought a lot of the jokes that went with Goose were really well done and like they were always funny. Which is strange that they changed the name, because in the comics, Goose is named Chewie, and that's like a Star Wars reference, and Disney owns Star Wars, but they decided to change it to Goose. I, yeah, I, I was really surprised that too, but I think Goose is because it's supposed to be from, uh, what's that Tom Cruise movie with the oh, Air Top Force Gun? and all that? Uh, Top Gun, that's his yeah. character's name, right? Goose? Yeah. So, so I'm assuming it was named after that. I guess so, yeah. I guess that makes more sense like than Chewie. It's cat, it's like an Air Force base cat, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that makes more sense, I guess. But I don't know; it's just kind of weird. But comic accuracy, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I knew this movie wouldn't be comic accurate, but it was like really not comic accurate. I'll talk about that more in the little bad segment. But another good part was <laughs> there are some times where it's like, okay, that's obviously CGI, and there's times where it's like that's good CGI. But the entire movie, Samuel Jackson is technically CGI, like his face. Because they de-aged him about 30 yeah. or so years. And it it works. Like, it looks so good. It, you'd never notice any flaws. Like, he looks like he's 30 years younger the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, last night, uh, me and my roommate were talking. And I, for some reason, we were talking about Samuel Jackson. I think we might have been talking about Captain Marvel. But uh, I was saying something like, oh, yeah, he's old. But, like, they made him look really good young. And then I was like, wait, how old is he? I found out he's 70 years old. Yeah, that, yeah. that, like, shocked me. So... They really did a good job aging him down. I mean, he, it looked very natural because I think there's sometimes where you age people down and it doesn't look as natural. But I think the MCU has actually done a pretty good job with that between the Ant-Man movies and now Captain Marvel with aging down. Yeah, and even Civil War did that with Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. I, I didn't think the Tony Stark. That's, I left that one out purposely. I didn't think the Tony Stark one looked good, but I thought the rest of them, like Michael Douglas, looked good in Ant-Man oh, that's fair, and yeah. Samuel Jackson and Captain Marvel. That's fair. But it's not like Ant-Man is like the beginning of the movies. Like You get a little bit of scenes with a young Michael Douglas. But this one, or even Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I know you don't like that movie, but the beginning with Kurt Russell being young, that one's really good. But all these movies... they did do a good job. Yeah, all these movies is like the start of the movie or like a quick flashback. It's roughly five minutes max. The entire movie, Nick Fury is young, and Nick Fury plays a big role in this movie. He's not just like in and out like another character is. Uh, He is in, and he doesn't leave ever. He's probably has almost as much screen time as Captain Marvel herself, which is a good thing. Like, Nick Fury never gets a shine, except for, like, maybe Avengers 1. But besides that, he's barely in these movies. Yeah, he's in this movie more than he is in any other Marvel movie. And I've heard some people complain about that because apparently some people I've read don't think he acted too much like Nick Fury. 
I mean, granted, this is before he was really Nick Fury. I mean, he's still just agent of Shield. He's not like you know director of Shield. He's just an agent. He's you know he's not the prestigious member he we know him as. So I kind of understood that. I thought he was pretty good in this movie. I, I thought you know he's the kind of younger, reckless. Yeah, he's, uh, he's agent, more but... laid back. Yes, and he doesn't know what's going on a lot of the time because <laughs> he's not used to this stuff and. This is the first superhero he's ever seen. So he's heard of Captain America, yeah. but he's never actually like seen a superhero before. And then Captain Marvel comes and right off the bat, she proves that she's a superhero and his facial expressions are always like, oh God, what the hell is happening? And he's kind of scared, but he's taking it seriously and he's more laid back. He, he has a few jokes here and there, like no eye patch or anything. So he's more, hey, I'm just an agent. And yeah, you brought up a good point. He isn't director of shield he's just an agent yeah yeah that's why i didn't really have a problem i thought actually fury is one of the best parts of this movie i thought yeah, definitely i mean i yeah. think samuel jackson always kills it as, i mean he's the living embodiment of nick fury like you don't think of nick fury without thinking of samuel jackson so yeah i thought he really did good in this movie and i thought he really carried uh pretty much every scene he was in you know he really took the spotlight so i thought that was really good yeah he did and even when captain marvel was right next to him like nick fury really showed like he's a guy with no powers he doesn't own the Avengers yet? He doesn't have the cool eye patch or anything. He's just basically a guy with a taser and yeah. a gun. So yeah, he's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy who's in the military and now he's an agent. But he's not. It works. Nick Fury yet? Yeah, it works. And he's one of those like, I guess if this were a '90s movie, you'd be a road cop in a way. So he's uh, he kind of like plays the game by his own rules. He does what he wants and tries to get away with it um yeah anything else good um i thought the 90s references and uh the music part of the soundtrack like the songs they used were really good uh they used songs like uh just a girl by no doubt which is actually perfect for this movie and it was really perfect for the scene it was in mm. um they used like nirvana music and uh and then just for 90s references they they used like blockbuster which was in the trailer and uh just other like 90s like radio shack kind of tropes and movies yeah. and yeah, yeah, Radio Shack outfits and just like uh, video games in the background. So I thought uh, they did a really good job of like portraying the '90s. Uh, granted, I wasn't, I was alive for three months of the '90s, but <laughs> but I thought, uh, it was two I, thought years. It was, I thought it was really good, like how they showed the '90s. Yeah, no, it, uh, I didn't really like the '90s thing that much. I feel like when the start of the Earth scenes felt like oh yeah it's in the 90s and then they kind of i feel like they kind of forgot about that in a way it didn't feel much 90s after that so yeah yeah i mean i guess scenes that they had like in just like a train station and stuff like that and other public areas weren't as 90-esque but i thought for the scenes where they did like try to show that it was in the 90s i thought they did a decent job of representing it and i, I thought that the uh, like i said the music soundtrack like, and I want to differentiate this. I thought the mu the music part of the soundtrack was really good. I like the songs they used, but I don't like the like orchestral part of the soundtrack. I thought the like score could have been better. Yeah, score is kind of forgettable. I don't remember it <laughs> much. Yeah, oh. but I, there there was one part of the score that like I truly like got chills, and it's in Captain Marvel's theme. But I don't want to give it away what it was. But it, it was. I, I think you might know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I don't want to say anything because it's like too much of a spoiler. But there's one part of like the or, uh, score which isn't even really part of the movie. Like it's it's from something else. But anyway, I thought that was cool. But other than that, the score is utterly forgettable. Okay, yeah, that's fair. 
Um, yeah, uh, I, I really liked Goose, uh, the, the cat. I, I mean, I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but I, I really liked the way, he, like, it was just perfect comedy relief in every scene he was in. Like, you're just like, aw. <laughs> it was funny that, yeah, Nick Fury just loved this cat, which is funny because Samuel Jackson actually hates cats. So, and oh, really? <laughs> super, fun, super fun fact, the cat was entirely CGI. There was no live cat on set because Brie Larson is actually, really? ex- Brie Larson is extremely allergic to cats the point where she'd have to see a doctor so oh wow they didn't have a live cat on set it was all a cgi it was either a puppet or just like nothing so samuel jackson was holding a puppet every single time he was holding the cat wow then that's even more impressive i'll put that in my good category good cgi on the cat or yeah uh, acting samuel jackson to act with a cgi or puppet cat that's pretty crazy yeah (laughs) because it really looked like he was like snuggling up against the cat <laughs> yeah i just learned this the other day that she's like extremely allergic and she's like please don't have a cat on set can we just cgi because she needs to take like allergy medicine but sometimes that medicine wouldn't work and if she gets near the cat then she'd have to see a doctor so super fun fact Damn, i feel i feel that brie i'm allergic to cats too i am too but Hi, not to the point where i'd like die if i saw one <laughs> so. yeah i would just like sneeze repeatedly but oh wow that's pretty interesting i did not know that mm-hmm so, yeah, her acting probably wouldn't be that good if there was a live cat right next to her. So, yeah, it's good. She, it kind of would be dying. <laughs> so, the cat in the comics is actually Captain Marvel's cat. In this movie, they kind of made it Nick Fury's cat in a way. <laughs> like, she did not care for the cat at all, but Nick Fury was all over it. it which is funny. It was like, it made for some good humor, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the cat had a previous owner who means something to Carol. But So, like, the cat uh, knew Carol, but. Yeah, the, Carol's kind of like cold to the cat. Like, she doesn't really care. You know, like, interact with it, really. Yeah, like, never. Uh, other good moments. Uh, right at the stop. Stop. Right at the start of this movie, there is this tribute to Stan Lee. Uh, it's extremely nice. It oh, made yeah, me feel great. all good inside. Uh, so, right off the bat, you see Stan Lee. And he does make a cameo in this movie. He was filming the cameo. I think this movie was filmed. It wrapped up filming in, like, July. So, this movie was filmed a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I was I was actually saving the Stan Lee cameo for my nerdy section because there is like a nerdy aspect to it. I guess uh, yeah, we will yeah, go more really into like it. Cameo, but <laughs> but I did like the uh, tribute in the beginning, like the uh, I don't even want to like describe it because I want you to like experience it. Yeah, theaters. it was really good, and I hope that I'm sure they do the same thing for Endgame. But there was like a standing ovation in my theater, like for really? when that part was going through. So, yeah, really. Oh, yeah, I wish I was at your theater. I I'm at a fairly small theater, small town, small theater. So. No standing of it. I, I had some, there was some awes said by uh, myself and my dad. <laughs> that was about it. But yeah, uh, I guess yeah. anything else good about Captain Marvel? Uh, that's about all I got in my good category. So I guess from there we can move on to the bad category. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. All right. <laughs> Welcome to 19 Minutes, uh, the bad part of Captain Marvel. Nothing. No. You want to start? Um, Yeah, I guess I'll start. I'll be the bad guy here. Um, I thought the third act was incredibly weak. Uh, This is something that happens in so many superhero movies and really a lot of MCU films uh, where, especially like the MCU origin films, the third act is just whack. Uh, But yeah, I really felt like a very, very weak third act, especially because I I really enjoyed the first act and most of the second act, but the third act was just, yeah, yeah. I uh, didn't care for it. I disagree. I thought the third act was really good. I think it's because I had a <laughs> mental image in my head. So obviously, 
third act of the superhero movie is a fight scene. And so as I was watching this fight scene, uh, a friend of mine that I saw this movie with whispered to me, he's just like, imagine this scene, but it was Green Lantern. And I was like, oh. So it kind of made it like, I don't know. I kind of like, I really got really hyped after imagining that. And I just felt like the last fight scene was really cool. And it made me, it was like an extremely powerful fight scene. Like this fight scene looks like it could have been the DCEU, not the MCU. But mm-hmm. like, it's it's clearly showing like, hey, this is Captain Marvel. She's strong. She could fight Thanos. So I thought it was good <laughs> See, though. I don't know. I thought it was good. See, I, I feel like if you uh, envision like the uh, fight being like Hal versus Sinestro and Arkillo and like some of the other Yellow Lanterns, yeah, it would be badass. But for what we had, right? Like, I, I liked when Carol was fighting. Insert spoiler here. Like the, uh, you know, multiple people she was fighting. I thought that part was cool. But when it gets down to the one-on-one, I thought it was extremely lame. And that brings me to my next section of the bad. I really thought the final fight was so lame. I mean, I get that it was supposed to be like an empowerment moment. And I didn't think the dialogue was bad. I just thought it was such a lame fight. And I felt like it could have been so much better. It was very quick. I'll say that. Yeah, I just, I thought it like, I thought it could have been fleshed out more. I thought it could have been even more powerful if they played their cards right but i just felt like it was just like like it happened and i was like that, that's it <laughs> like there's no more yeah i guess so uh i guess speaking of fight scenes there weren't a lot in this movie okay. no yeah it, it, it was really just the few yeah. of the third act it was very much uh setting up captain marvel and setting up certain things that they didn't answer in the mcu so, a lot of character development, not a lot of action. That being said, the action does happen. It's good. Like, it's enjoyable, but it's quick. So, I can understand why people like, like don't I like said, that. I liked Carol fighting multiple people, but when, when it gets down to the one-on-one, it's just so lame to me. Because, like, like, like I said, it is, like, powerful, I guess, when you watch the whole movie and you get, like, how it's a whole circle type of thing for her. But it's just, like... I, I thought it could have been so much better, so much more powerful, so much more impactful. So just to see that, I was just kind of like, eh, that was really lame and disappointing. Like I, the last time I felt that way with a, like a quote unquote boss fight in the MCU was probably either probably the end of Guardians of the Galaxy when they take down uh, Roman. Now it's not that bad, but, it's but bad. Uh, that's like how I felt. <laughs> oh, it like, has I felt a... like I was robbed of a. Yeah. Okay. Let's compare I, those. I just feel like you're robbed of what was potentially a better scene. I don't know if you agree there. No, uh, yeah, let's compare those. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, you're talking about, right? Yeah, Ronan. Uh, yeah, when they take down Roman. So, like, so, they're, like, building up, like, this great story with Roman. And I really like Guardians Guardians 1, right? So then they have, like, the whole team there. And then Peter starts dancing. Like, like <laughs> what? Like, it was such a cop-out for what could have been, like, a really powerful and impactful scene of I, fighting Roman. And Yeah, I know? definitely understand what you're going for here. Uh it's similar in a way where it's just like, oh, here comes the big fight scene and done. But if we're comparing yeah. the two, for Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, there's a terrible dance scene. But then he holds the Infinity Stone and the Guardians all like put their hands on him to get the power. And then he says, you saved yourself. We're the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then boom, that part's awesome. This part, this Captain Marvel yeah. fight scene didn't really have a moment like that. It was like they went to the dancing, she didn't dance, but it's like they did the dancing part and then it was like the end in a way. Like it was very yeah, like, quick. Like, we didn't he, get it. Like he had a line and like the, the way that uh, the person that she's fighting, he, uh, insert gender here, has a line. <laughs> I don't want to give away any spoilers, but uh, this person has a line that is like 
so powerful and brings you back to the beginning and it almost makes you like cheer for uh carol to kick his ass and then it's just like like it's such a lame cop out to me i I felt like it could have been so much better yeah no i know what you mean yeah i guess i put that on my bad list too but it would have been better if she said something really good and then did that like peter you said yourself we're the guardians of the galaxy boom if she says something that would be cool but i speaking of now that i think about it i don't think they mentioned the name captain marvel once no they didn't but in the if i'm if i'm not mistaken and i could be wrong here but i thought in the comics she gets her name from captain america so i was assuming that she was going to get her name in endgame Uh, at least that's what i think because um you know she has potential for the name she just needs the captain part (laughs) i guess so yeah okay i hope so because that's something that's bothered me with another female superhero movie is in the entire dcau Batman vs. Superman, Wonder Woman, and Justice League, we have never heard the word Wonder Woman. Ever. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong here, do they never call him Batman? I've heard them call him the Bat and like the Dark Knight of Gotham, but do they ever call him Batman? They've said think so. the Batman a few times. So Okay. okay. Yeah. Which is okay. But they never said Wonder Woman. That's a good point and, about Wonder Woman. I never realized that. <laughs> yeah, they never call her Wonder Woman. And that bothers me. It's like, what if you had Spider-Man, but you never called him Spider-Man? It's just like... <laughs> hey, what's I, up? Hey, what's up, what, man? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you just call them by their slang names? Webhead and stuff. Like, I just want Captain Marvel to be called Captain Marvel, and I hope they do that. Maybe, like, in Endgame, they'll be like, who are you? she was like, I'm Captain Marvel. But... It, says it better than that and says it like yeah maybe like orchestra music then zoom into her face like i'm captain marvel boom then action scene that'd be cool <laughs> yeah i was thinking like i mean they probably could have done it in that final fight scene to be honest like i could think of a way they could have done it right now but if i said it i would give away too many spoilers but i'll talk yeah. to you about it after we finish recording Hunter. but i, I yeah. think they could have done it in that final fight scene right there yeah i guess they could have okay well yeah yeah, that final fight scene was a letdown. Any other bad parts? Because I have a few. Bad yeah, parts. Uh, yeah, um, I got a few. I got a few. Um, the so they explained the way that uh, Fury loses his eye, and I thought it was so lame. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> like this is part of having a bad third. Like we've been building up to this since what 2008. Like I've been ready. Like all right, how did Fury lose his eye? I think he says in one of the movies, like, oh, last time I trusted trust somebody, somebody, I lost an eye. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. And the way they do it is so lame. Like, I, it was meant for, like, to be a joke in a way, but, like, it was such a letdown. Yeah, my reaction when it happened was like, Haha, oh, no. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> like, it was funny, but then I'm like, oh, God, that's how he loses it? Oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah, no. it's like, uh, this, this badass character who's, like, been awesome in this whole movie do- loses his eye like that. Like, ugh, In a on, way, man. like, it is funny. <laughs> like, looking back at, like, how he refuses to tell someone how he lost his eye. That's kind it's like of when funny. in SpongeBob, SpongeBob gets a black eye in one episode, and he like he makes up this whole big story about how he lost his eye, uh, how he got a black eye, and really like he slipped on a bar of soap. <laughs> like that's basically Fury <laughs> right now. Yeah, basically, he does it. Okay, it's not as bad as slipping on a bar of soap, but yeah, that's basically like it's, don't it's get your <laughs> don't get your hopes up for like oh he's gonna be like fighting an alien and then it's like gonna barely escape, but he loses his eye in the process. Like no. Oh, and I, yeah. Don't get your hopes up. You'll enjoy the movie better. Um, another bad thing I yeah. found was uh, 
Yeah, this movie's not comic accurate to stay away from the whole Green Lantern similarities, and it's not comic accurate to kind of make her own character since she's hated in the comics by a lot of people. This movie's way too not comic accurate, I find. Like, way too not. Um, the, I, I feel the, like I know what you're talking about, but I feel like we can't talk about it because of spoilers, but okay. I, I think I might know what you're talking Basically, about. Basically, something happens in this movie that kind of, like, takes all these future stories that they could adapt to the MCU and throws mm-hmm. it away. Yep. And just like, oh, you wanted this story? No, no, we're going to do this thing in Captain Marvel, so now you can't have it. Like... <sighs> it, it's okay. kind of like, and and of course Hunter and I love this movie, but it's kind of like how BVS took like The Dark Knight Returns and Death of Superman and uh, I don't know, like a few different stories and just molded them into one. It's like you took all these stories and then you can't use them in the future now, even though they're all kind of great stories in their own right. So now the MCU can't use those uh, those ideas. Yeah, even I'm thinking of like CW Flash. How they took a they took the Savitar story and they combined it with Future Flash and they made it like a mediocre yeah. Savitar story and a mediocre Future Flash when they could have done an entire arc on both of those. Instead, they just kind yeah. of combined them to make a, like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They kind of do that here. I won't say what stories, but it's something yeah, to I do with like the Skrulls, which are the aliens of this movie. I found they kind of ruined in a way like. Yeah, they did it well for what they're going for. Like I thought it was really well written, but at the mm-hmm, same time, I mean, you're throwing away future possibilities with these scrolls. So, and even the Creed, they're throwing away possibilities with future adaptations of the Creed just by doing these little things in Captain Marvel. It's like okay, that's well written, that's like a good scene, but at the same time, so much for like a sequel of this. So, I don't know. Yeah, that, to be honest, it makes me. It makes me wonder if they want to do a Captain Marvel sequel, what would they even do? Because I feel like whatever they could have done, like they didn't set anything up in this movie that's like, oh yeah, they could use that in a sequel. So no, I was like, didn't. hmm, I wonder what they're going to use. Cause I, like, I mean, if I had to take a guess, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something with the X-Men for her um, for her sequel, just because I figured by the time Captain Marvel gets a sequel, which it likely will, uh, will. by the time yeah. Captain Marvel gets a sequel, I mean, I think the X-Men will be pretty much integrated into the MCU or ready to go, so I wouldn't be surprised if they use that film for that. Maybe, yeah. It definitely will get a sequel. Brie Larson has signed a 7 to 9 movie contract, so I'm okay with that, too. More Captain Marvel. So, yeah, I'm guessing we're going to get a Captain Marvel trilogy like we did with Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. And I'm okay with that, but I don't know what they're going to do with that after, like, it's kind of like, imagine if Winter Soldier, okay, one of the best Captain America movies ever, imagine if they killed off Bucky in that, they got rid of the entirety of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, all S.H.I.E.L.D.'s gone, uh, and Captain America decides to retire at the end, but they're going to make more Captain America movies, like, what are you going to do next, (laughs) like, so it just it takes away possibilities, and the scrolls are one of Captain Marvel's biggest enemy, and they're just kind of like, you go see the movie and you'll know what I mean. It's just I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but it's it's odd. It's an odd choice. Uh, one other thing I'd like to add to the bad category, and I, I thought the CGI overall was uh, pretty good, but I thought that the like Captain Marvel went the scenes where she wears a helmet, which isn't all of them, but there's a few scenes where she wears the helmet. There's one where they like really zoom in on the helmet. It looks awful. Yeah, <laughs> like, it looks so bad to me. I mean, it looks good from a distance, and I understand what they're going for. It's pretty comic accurate, but yeah, it doesn't look the greatest. You, you know the scene I'm talking about, like, towards the end, though, where they zoom in on yeah. the helmet, and I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looks so bad. It doesn't look good at all. 
Yeah. Um, um, another thing back. I thought was in the bad category. Um, it's the way I, I don't know how to phrase this without like getting into really spoiler territory. But I guess the way they kind of connect it to the rest of the MCU, I found extremely cheesy and extremely forced. Um, I, I don't know if you know what I'm alluding to here, but I don't want to like say it because I don't want to spoil for anyone. But just just the way they went at it, I just thought like it was so cheesy and so forced. And it's like um, how some of our friends have like a problem with how they've connected Justice League, the comic, uh, like how they've connected things in the past and things in the present. I thought the way they connected Captain Marvel to the rest of the MCU, like uh, her kind of importance when like at the end when Fury's at his desk, I was just like, uh, that's cheesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. The scene had a few cheesy moments. That were like, mm, and kind of like, wow, what a coincidence. You just happen to be here at this time, which I know it's a movie. It's, it's okay. I don't yeah, think like, this movie kind of felt like a filler in a way too, since it didn't really Like Ant-Man set, and the Wasp felt. Yeah, it didn't really set anything up besides Captain Marvel's here, which I know this movie needed to happen, but it didn't really do much for the MCU besides introduce Captain Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a lot like actually Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, it's it's uh, close to the big Avengers movie, and it, most people are just going to see it for the after credit scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that was what I was mostly excited for walking into the theaters. Like, I wonder what the end credit scene will be. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's about all I got in the bad category. Um, yeah, there's a, an actor in here who plays kind of like a bad guy and every single movie he's been in he's played a bad guy so it wasn't much of a surprise <laughs> to see him like he's i don't know yeah, his name he's yeah. in robin Hood. he's in rogue one he's in uh tons of other stuff that i can't think of for some reason but yeah <laughs> yeah and no, i got you um all right so i guess that brings us to the nerdy section yeah i guess so i can think of anything else bad yeah okay um so I'll start with the nerdy section. Uh, the Stan Lee cameo, uh, and again, it's not something I want to give away, but he's reading the script of a movie from the 90s, which is like a, like a cult classic uh, nerdy movies that he cameos in, which might be a spoiler right there, if you could put two and two together here. But I, I really love that, and as a big fan of that movie, I really loved that, so I thought that was really cool. He's basically playing himself in this movie, which is good. Yeah, and so, so it doesn't exactly line up with... <laughs> with Because uh, I think they said they're supposed to be 1990. Five, right or nineteen ninety six? It would be five, yeah. It would be five. But I'm pretty sure that movie came out in nineteen ninety four. Now and it's like a little nitpick, like cinema sins here, but <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I thought there, there was another cool cameo. Uh, the writer, which Hunter didn't notice this one, I barely noticed it, and then I had to Google online to make sure. But uh, the writer of currently writing Aquaman, uh, but wrote Captain Marvel for a pretty long time, I think. Uh, Kelly Sue De- DeConnick, I believe it is. Uh, she has a cameo in the film. It's like really like quick like one second thing but i noticed uh she got like red bright red hair so i noticed that yeah so she has a cameo that's cool i didn't notice that at all <laughs> um <laughs> those are the only cameos i think that i noticed uh oh i forgot a bad yeah. thing oh well um oh, if you want to throw it in real quick <laughs> just real quick they, there's a character in the comics that they changed completely in this I guess I can't oh, I really I say it without a spoiler. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. They literally change every single thing about this character. And it's a good character in the comics. And I was like, that, that, that's supposed to be him? What? So anyways, yeah. going on. Nerdy stuff. Um, uh, the end credit scene is so good. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is top five, maybe top three best end credit scenes in an MCU movie ever, I would say. 
Like, yeah, so um, for, for anyone going to see this one, this one has two post-credit scenes. The first one is the serious one, and then the second one is the joking one. Uh, but yeah, they were. I thought they were both very good and, and credit scenes. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's it's really hype. If it like, ties, I think the last time I got hyped, last the last time I got this hyped for an end credit scene, in all honesty, was probably Justice League when Deathstroke came out. Okay, yeah, yeah, that that was a good one too. But this like, one I found it's, it's was that, better. It's that level, though. This one I found. Yeah, but I'm was saying better, like it's yeah. that level of like hype. Yeah, definitely. Like I didn't expect. I can't really say that. I didn't expect it to be this at all. <laughs> I knew that it would tie in to a certain movie coming out that I'm sure many people have heard of, which it does, but I didn't expect that big of a tie-in, like, to see that many yeah. specific characters in one scene. So, yeah, def- th- there's yeah. two end credit yeah. scenes. First one is really hype. Second one, like most MCU movies, is just a little joke. Uh, but Patience. the joke kind of ties into... Uh, there's a lot of MCU references in here. There's a lot of questions that have been unanswered in the past answered here uh i guess we can't really say anything uh there it was like confirmed everything ronan is in this movie uh so is what's his face from guardians of the galaxy who who yeah who <laughs> guardians of the galaxy is that I, supposed to be the same character i know it's the it same is. actor but i didn't know it's, it's the same character. character he's playing okay cool yeah he's playing the exact same character so um ronan and him are in there so there's a little bit of guardians of the galaxy things granted don't expect them to be in this movie much because they are not. Uh, same with uh, Agent Coulson. If you like Agent of Shields, he's in this. But yeah, don't expect I much of that him. too. I was, I was really hoping he was, he was in like two scenes or three scenes. I was really hoping he would be in it more. Yeah, he does have lines. He's in it. He's DH look younger. Granted, he looks young today, but yeah, yeah. don't expect too much uh, of those characters to be in this. It's mostly Captain Marvel. Samuel Jackson and some new characters for Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, um, they also made a reference to uh, Samuel Jackson did at least to Budapest, which is uh, has been talked about. I think in one of the Avengers movies, I want to say the first one, but it could have been Age of Ultron. But uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow bring that up, and that's probably going to be the topic of the Black Widow movie if I had to guess. So that was cool. It's just like a little like reference, but yeah, cool. there's a big reference to an unanswered question. I won't say what it is, but for avengers one i guess and Mm -hmm. thor one i guess too Uh, a little question that people have been wondering has been answered in this movie and i didn't expect to see this in at all uh there's references to infinity stones there's references to other alien life out there the scrolls are in this and they look really cool because they're prosthetic not cgi which they did a really good job with the makeup here um any yeah other? i mean i thought they could have looked a little more like the comic scroll but they, they kind of look like the green goblin to me <laughs> but kind i, of, I yeah. still thought the prosthetic is better than cgi for the scrolls yeah for sure any other nerdy here? um they, they make a god uh carol makes a godfather reference and uh and like the you know take the uh take the gun leave the cannoli or i'm sorry <laughs> leave the gun take the cannoli uh yeah. she makes a reference like that where she <laughs> it's really funny i mean i can't say it because it's a spoiler man I, my hands are like so cuffed on this one but th- there's like a lot of uh i felt like movie references that like kind of just go over your head but i know it was that one so okay um not much else movie references i don't think i'm trying to think so is that it for the nerdy section i can't think of anything else I mean, you see Blockbuster, uh, <laughs> you see uh, a lot of, it's not much else we can say without going to spoilers, I guess. You see, like, basically, right, this... that brings us to our rating? 
Yeah, well, you one thing I can say, you see the start of the idea that Nick Fury gets for the Avengers, which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that goes into the rating. But also kind of cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rating. All right, uh, I guess that brings us to the rating. Hunter, what do you rate Captain oh, Marvel? Oh, God, why are you starting with me? Okay. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's an origin movie, which we don't get a lot nowadays, but it is a good origin movie. I wouldn't say it's the best origin movie because uh, Doctor Strange exists. But, um, he loves Doctor Strange. I love Doctor Strange. <laughs> I think it's such a good movie. Uh, I want to say 8, but I feel like it could be like 7.5. 7.5 okay. yeah all right let me make your decision to live with it um for me okay i might get a little hate for this one i thought it was a 6.5 it's not bad it's not good it's very okay you know i didn't hate it i didn't love it it was okay yes yeah, for me it's like i was entertained like that, that was my main point am i gonna be entertained right even with something like venom right i was entertained at least i didn't feel like wow i just wasted 13 dollars on a movie ticket so i, I was entertained but I don't see this one having major rewatch value where I'm like, oh, I can't wait till the Blu-ray comes out for this one because I need to get it. You know, it's just like, yeah, I, I, the only time I can see myself rewatching Captain Marvel is if I do like an MCU rewatch. So. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever rewatch this movie unless I you know, I might see it again in theaters. Actually, I tend to see a lot really? of superhero movies twice in theaters. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that is Captain Marvel. Uh, go check it out if you haven't seen it because it's always important to make your own decision. Don't base a Rotten Tomato score. Don't base Unless, two guys on a no. podcast either. <laughs> yeah. What do these guys know? Yeah. Uh, but no, always make your own opinion about a movie. I think it's very important to kind of see how you feel about yeah, it. Yeah. Definitely and, see this movie before Endgame. Like 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think the end credit scene is probably worth the price of admission alone. Mm-hmm. So it's about and, two minutes. Like I said, long you're not going to be bored. Like there was no point where I was bored. I, I was always entertained. So you'll be entertained throughout this movie. You might be yeah. disappointed in a few points, but you'll never be bored. So if you like sci-fi, right, um, if you like superheroes, if you like the MCU, if you're looking for a dang game, go see this movie. Yeah. All right. Um, that's Captain Marvel. So uh, now I guess we'll move on. We're, we're just mostly going to cover one comic this week, and it's Doomsday Clock number nine. Uh, probably the biggest comic series going on right now, and probably I don't want to speak for Hunter, but I'd say it's my favorite comic. It's going my favorite on right comic now. too. It yeah, takes <laughs> it, it, it takes forever. Uh, Doomsday Clock is notorious with delays, but it is the greatest in a way, comic I book. Say worth it. The greatest comic book ever made, I would say. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I was going to go that far, but I would I mean, go it, that far. Why me, not? <laughs> it, it's not over yet. I don't know how it's going to end, but I, I think it's a great sequel to Watchmen. And I think like Watchmen is such a hard thing to make a sequel to. So it's really interesting to see how it, it's mm. going. And I thought this issue was one of one of, if not the best issues yet. Yeah, I agree. It was a big fight scene basically the whole time, which we haven't got much in this. I'll just do a quick, like the world's quickest doomsday clock recap. Um, Sequel to Watchmen. Watch, yeah, Watchmen characters are now in the DC universe. They have been teleported there because Doctor Manhattan now lives here because he finds this world more interesting because there's people with powers everywhere. Um, but he find he's well, he can see to the future, but he can't see much into the future anymore. He can only see about what is it two weeks into the future now. The last thing he sees is Superman going to punch him, and then nothing. So does Superman kill Doctor Manhattan, or does Doctor Manhattan destroy everything? We don't know, but people are finding out about this. So Dr. Manhattan put Superman in a coma and beat up Batman. So Batman's now injured, so they can't get to him. But the entire, like every single big superhero now knows where Dr. Manhattan is. He's on Mars and they're going to 
deal with him, I guess. So that's where we left off last time. No Superman, no Batman. Wonder Woman is busy. So basically every other superhero is on ships on their way to Mars to find Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, pretty much perfect setup. So the, the beginning is a lot like, uh, if for any of you historians out there, it's a lot like D-Day uh, from World War II when the Allies basically uh, invade the beaches of Normandy and kind of turn the tide in the oh, war. Yeah, kind of, uh, yeah. This this is like every ship is on its way to Mars, and they're all like it's every hero you could think of. I mean, you got the Green Lanterns, you got the Hawks, you've got Mister Miracle, Big Barda, Donna Troy, the Supers, you got the Justice League, Dark, you got the Doom Patrol, the whole Bat Family, and uh, with the Bat Family, Dick Grayson is back to being Dick Grayson. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. Batgirl has a better um, suit now. Red Hood's back to his original suit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For those that who don't know, Doomsday Clock take, Yeah, Doomsday <laughs> Clock takes place in 2020, so it takes place in the future. So yeah, we don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, the Shazam is yeah, going, yeah. which is I find is an odd choice because they're a bunch of kids going to Mars, but <laughs> they're all going. And we even get. Do you notice anything interesting about the last panel of these ships? Uh, Ted Cord, Blue Beetle. Yeah, Ted Cord, Blue Beetle. <laughs> with the question, Captain Adam. These are the characters that inspired Watchmen. Oh, that's right. I didn't yeah. even think of that. Wow, that's actually really good. <laughs> Blue Beetle inspired <laughs> Night Owl. The question inspired... Yeah, like, it's interesting. But yeah, they're all going to Mars, basically. Uh, when they get to Mars, though, uh, they kind of it's kind of cool what they do at first. So the Green Lanterns go. It's not all Green Lanterns. Kyle Rayner and Simon Bass aren't there. Don't know why, but Jessica Cruz... Because one, one of them died in Heroes in Crisis, duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jessica Cruz, Guy Gardner, Hal Jordan, and Jon Stewart are there. They come up first because they can breathe in space, and they basically make like a shield around Mars to like block everything. Then Firestorm comes out and kind of makes the air breathable for everyone else. And yeah, it's cool. But before yeah. they do that, uh, yeah, they find I mean, like the picture from Watchmen of John and his wife, like at the carnival when they first met, and Jessica kind of looks mm-hmm. at it and is like, "Look at this photograph." And I knew you were gonna make that reference. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even back. I didn't even think I'd make that reference till just now. And <laughs> might I just add, I'm so glad that Jessica Cruz is in this. She is so underappreciated, and now she's in the biggest comic ever, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Hunter loves him some Jessica Cruz. Uh, I do. So back back on uh, Earth, uh, Superman from what happened in the last issue in Russia is in kind of like a coma, in a way, I guess. Not like yeah. a coma, but he's asleep on a bed, but he's out of it, right? Um, and I think who he's is in the, the body? Yeah, he's in the Hall of Hal Justice. Jordan and Hawkman. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're so the they ones who found, found the body. Safe. Yeah. Well, how how Jordan found yeah. Superman's body and Hawkman found uh, Batman's. Yeah, um, they they actually show the, uh, they don't show the president, but they like have the president have a few lines, and they have like the president have a tweet. And the way they make the president sound, it sounds a lot like uh, the current president Donald Trump. Uh, like the way <laughs> they have him talk, like they have him say like huge, and you know a lot of exclamation points. And I've done more for this country than Superman has, but like yeah, <laughs> uh, so so very very modern, which I think. Um, I mean, yeah, it's set in our time period. So, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of interesting that they had uh, the president there. But uh, anyway, the heroes are all getting ready to go. Like uh, like Hunter said, the well, Firestorm makes the air breathable and the Green Lanterns put the ring around like the whole planet. A shield around uh, the they planet. Come up to doc- yeah, they come up to Dr. Manhattan. And Who actually the is first in- person to talk. 
Well, first off, he's in the uh, his like glass castle that he made in Watchmen. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, and and uh, Martian Manhunter is the first person to talk to him, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, the Shazamly makes a pretty funny joke, like, gross, the dude's naked, he's hanging in the wind. <laughs> like, darling, cover your eyes. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, because the kids. Uh, do you have um, the comic in front of you? I do. Okay, good. Just uh, Maybe we could do some dialogue here and there, because I thought uh, Dr. Manhattan had really good dialogue in the scene. And Guy Gardner. I mean, of course, it's great dialogue. Yeah, Guy Gardner <laughs> really does not like him. Basically, Guy Gardner, yeah. he's the green, he's the ginger Greenland, for those who don't know, who's a bit of a hothead. He sees Dr. Manhattan as a huge threat that he needs to get out of this galaxy, basically. Even though they yeah. don't know anything about it. Plus, we get this beautiful panel of like every single superhero ever just looking at Dr. Manhattan. It's like yeah, really cool. But yeah, they have this... Yeah. Uh, uh, so- uh, what page are you on? You on sixteen, seventeen? Uh, yeah, the one with where they meet, uh, where Doctor Manhattan first says the words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just wondering where yeah, we're on the same uh, page. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, Guy Gardner starts like talking crap. <laughs> um, he even calls him Blue Man Group, which is actually pretty funny. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> that joke has been made like quite a few times by like us, the fans. So Guy Gardner is kind of us. Uh, but Guy Gardner is kind of boasting about like. Yeah, what what do you mean? You're just a blue guy. We've taken down Darkseid, uh, the Anti-Monitor, Doomsday, uh, Sinestro. So it's just like, you know, we've taken out all these villains. You're just a blue guy. What does this mean? Plus, and, uh, uh, when, he, when he's doing this, Guy Gardner is making constructs of the villains, like Darkseid, Anti-Monitor. Yeah. He makes a construct of Superboy Prime. Like, yeah, Superboy Prime hasn't been seen in years. No one knows who Superboy Prime is, so, oh, this gives me hope that he's coming back. It's almost Prime time again. Superboy Prime is such a good villain. Okay, yeah, anyway. It's weird. I'm not the, I'm not the biggest into Prime. I've never really been into Prime. Like I love he's Prime. Okay. I, I love I don't Prime. Know. I'm so excited for him to return. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, the contract's all around him, and Superman, I mean, sorry, Superman. Dr. Manhattan talks about his final vision of Superman when he looks at, like, a construct of like Superman's face. Yeah. Which I guess, I, I don't know if that's supposed to be Prime or if that's supposed to be Superman because Prime looks like Superman. Uh, but Guy Gardner kind of jumps the gun here and he sucker punches Dr. Manhattan right in the face. And, and it breaks his kind neck. of funny because, because yeah, because it's like a running gag of people punching Guy Gardner in the face. I think it all started with Batman, but like people like even <laughs> oh, just, yeah, just Cruz punched him in the face. Yeah, Batman so, punched him, Jessica's Batman. punched him. I think even Wonder Woman's punched him at one point. And a, now, a lot of people have punched him. Yeah, Guy Gardner just punches him in the but, face, and it's funny because as soon as Doctor Manhattan it breaks Doctor Manhattan's neck, and the body falls to the ground, and there's a panel of Guy Gardner landing. He's like, "Wait, that's it!" And you see Flash like he was like running over to stop Guy, but he wasn't going to make it in time, which I thought was yeah. funny. He's like, "Wait, yeah. that's it?" He's like, "Yeah, that's it. Where did he go?" <laughs> I thought the dialogue and, uh, for Guy is so Guy- good in this. Like, he swears a lot because. This- this is like a 18 plus comic so guy garner says a lot of swears which i'm not used to but it fits the character like big time yeah so yeah. i thought it's hilarious definitely it's like dr this. manhattan uh pretty much reappears and he uh he, he's just like that ring i'm curious what's inside it and he takes guy garner's ring off which is just like holy crap <laughs> and uh dr manhattan is like so curious because it's it's fun not to know what's going to be in there and it's, it's enjoyable to him to not know what is coming and uh this is kind of like echoes back to the original watchman 
uh, where there's phases where he just doesn't know what's coming next because Ozymandias is blocking his vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he doesn't know what's coming again. So then the Justice League Dark comes up to ready to fight him. And uh, the, the way he talks about magic, like I feel like I can't even do justice to this dialogue explaining it. Like The way he talks about magic is just like, oh, this is magic to you? like, And with like the kind of snap of his finger and makes like a big star thing in his hand, he's able to take down, you know, the whole Justice League dark with a movement of his arm and really the whole Justice League because you see even uh, Aquaman and Barry and Hawkgirl and I think Martian Manhunter go flying. Yeah, yeah. But, basically, like, everyone's getting hit here, basically. He uses the yeah, magic and yeah. kind of like makes it into a little ball, into a star, and then boom. Basically, whatever yeah. you throw at Dr. Manhattan, uh, he could throw back at you even more stronger. Exactly. And then uh, Lex Luthor is uh, coming up to Superman and Lois Lane. This is back on Justice. This is back on Earth. Yeah, back on Earth. And uh, Superman, uh, sorry, Lex Luthor says that he comes in peace. And of course, Lois doesn't believe that. He even, uh, to show he comes in peace, Lex even hands Lois the gun, and which she points directly back at him. And Lex actually calls her beautiful and strong, which is pretty funny because I feel like Lex and Lois kind of have always had that uh, kind of relationship, if that makes sense. Like, Lex he, he admires Lois. Lois in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, anyway, Lex, like the biggest part of this that made me geek out was um, Lex Luthor goes, have you ever heard of Wally West? And I was just like, huh, what? <laughs> I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard of Wally West. I forgot that. Uh, I have heard of him. Yeah, Jeff Johns, he wrote DC Universe Rebirth, which set up this book. And that whole book was about Wally West. It's like three years ago, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. So I'm really happy yeah, to but, bring him up, and I really hope he appears. Like we're we're three issues away to finishing this series, and I really hope Wally appears because he's not on the fight of Mars, but Barry is. So where well, are you? Fu- funny enough, is I- I've I've heard people theorize about this. Now I don't think it's true, but I've heard people theorize that Doomsday Clock was delayed because they didn't want to spoil the ending of Heroes in Crisis. I don't believe that, but I don't maybe, believe. It. I mean, right. I mean, uh, blah, blah, blah. Heroes of Crisis ends before Doomsday Clock does. So it could be revealed that these people are still alive, and that's why Doomsday Clock is. I don't know. I it's like a crockpot theory. Why do I use that theory? <laughs> crockpot theory. It's not the word. I don't even know what the word is, but I said that last podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway uh, Martian Man. I'm sorry, Martian Man. Dr. Manhattan. I'm really getting my characters confused here. Martian Man. <laughs> God, I'm really off today. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm having like a stroke right here. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan takes Firestorm, Ronnie Raymond, and he basically transports him into uh, a Lab. nuclear plant, mm-hmm. basically where he was, where Firestorm became Firestorm. Yeah. And, and he uh, says, Dr. Manhattan says, you are seven years, 46 days, 20 minutes, and 10 seconds ago outside. They're protesting a power they fear. In less than two hours, the facility will explode, and you and Professor Martin Stein will be fused into a single organism, which is Firestorm. So he's basically went back in time to when Firestorm's origin happened. Yeah, yeah, and Dr. Manhattan expresses how powerful Firestorm is, which is cool because Firestorm is really powerful, but nobody ever talks about him because like, he's not really one of the bigger Justice Leaguers in the modern age, at least. Yeah, uh, which is... He's a complicated character because it's a professor in like a 20 year old kid not kid but like 19 or something year old they're only together because they share like the same dna without being related so that's why they're together but it's the body and the personality of just like a teen so it's interesting and uh 
And uh, basically the big reveal here, which I thought was like jaw dropping, was that uh, Professor Stein made them like he, he wanted to become a metahuman. He he made the Firestorm accident kind of happen in a way. And and uh, he's like, I want to figure out what's, how to learn about the metahumans and what, what better than doing it from the inside. And Ronnie just is like, no, no, it's a, it's a lie. It, it can't be true. Get out of my head. Get out. And that's when he like shoots him with all his flames, uh, Dr. Manhattan. And he actually like injures Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, all, all he has to say is interesting. <laughs> and then um, Green Arrow's like, this, hey, this you see that? It. Not as invulnerable as he looks. And he like, takes an arrow out. It's like. I love you, yeah, Green Arrow, and, but and you everyone suck is just like in this fight. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's like a full frontal attack now. So like the Green Lantern's got their constructs ready, Supergirl's got her lasers ready, Shazam's got his lightning ready. Like it's awesome. They're all attacking Doctor Manhattan at once, and then uh, Captain Adam comes out and uh, he says that he's gonna like let's see. Oh, sorry, forget Superman. Captain Adam is the last thing you'll ever see, and That's he starts such to a almost like absorb. Oh, it's amazing. And he, like, absorbs Dr. Manhattan's power, and, like, there's a big blue explosion, and all you see is, like, a little piece of the photograph of John's photograph. Well, so it's just, the, like, holy crap. And yeah. then... Yeah, sorry, go on. I just... And then... And then uh, we go to the UN uh, Council, where Wonder Woman's there, and uh, she talks about healing, and... Um, she's like trying to give a speech to the UN, I guess rally them around there, but uh, actually Black Adam and Giganta and another villain that I don't recognize breaks in and then uh, he heard all the heroes are on vacation so Earth is pretty defenseless, he's ready to go uh, he's making he's making a move uh, mm-hmm. and b- b- in between that Dr. Manhattan like regenerates in like his little skull thing, uh, like he did in the original Watchmen yeah. and uh, he, he says, uh, what are you hoping to accomplish? And then he evaporates them all and it was amazing. He's just standing around. Like the last panel is uh, him looking out into the stars while there's like a bunch of Bodies. dead heroes or injured heroes. Like they're all laying around him. And that's how the issue ends. And I was just like, <laughs> like my mind exploded like Dr. Matt did. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh man, that was insane. Yeah, it is. Oh, was, oh man. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, it's just it was, it was, it was great. I mean, this uh, just looking back at it now, this is probably the best issue yet. Yeah, probably. It was something that we've been waiting for, which is a fight scene, and not we don't want Superman versus Doctor Manhattan. We want heroes versus Doctor Manhattan, and we got that here. And it's good to see that they're able to hurt him in a way. Like he's not as invulnerable as they look. They were all able to injure him after Firestorm let off his blast, and that gives me hope. I'm glad they're not ma- they're making him like extremely powerful where he's able to like basically kill about 70 plus heroes with like a snap of his fingers but he's he can be hurt. Yeah. So he's not he's not Yeah, yeah, I love that. Wants. I think I think Jeff I think Jeff did that perfectly because Dr. Manhattan is so powerful and you don't want him to just be taken down by a punch from Superman. But, but the way they did it is just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no punch by Superman, but at the same time we don't want him to be like I don't feel pain at all like he was hurt. Yeah, and it gave every it gave the heroes like hope. Jeff, Jeff was basically on a tight wire here, and he had an amazing balance. Like I thought, he he was able to portray both sides amazingly. I mean, Jeff, I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He's the greatest comic book writer of all time. I I will I gladly say that. And Gary Frank, the <laughs> artist, is so, one of the greatest artists. Of all time. Like Gary Frank, oh my, like I I'm sorry for bitching and moaning about you delaying this art is worth it. My God, those panels where it's just like the heroes getting ready for the battle on Mars. I mean. Oh man, it's so beautiful. And just to see, like, I, I love the suit he gave Batgirl. To see Batgirl and Nightwing next to each other is just like, oh my god, it's so great. Gary, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that 
Uh, I feel like if he had his own word, or if Jeff Johns might have been like, hey, give them their regular suits, but it was too late. It's like, okay, no, 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 don't, don't delay it. Gary Frank kind of drew them in their suits that he wanted to draw them in, which, good choices, yeah. though. Nightwing, he's at his Rebirth suit. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping for some finger stripes, but <laughs> Rebirth suit's still cool. Uh I've been I've been rereading the Dixon and Grayson run uh, currently, and I just I miss the finger stripes so bad. I want them back. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Red Hood's back in his regular suit too. I don't know why Red yeah. Hood came on this mission though. But I don't know why Green Arrow came on this mission. Like some of these people are like, all right, what are you doing? Here? I understand Green Arrow in a way. I understand Nightwing and Batgirl in a way too, but. Red Hood, I feel like it's kind of an odd choice. I'm happy to see him, but like the variant cover shows Tim's suit being evaporated, and we don't see Tim here. So yeah, even Batwoman's there, but yeah, mm-hmm. be cool if they got uh, nonetheless. I feel it'd be cool if some of them got their current suits in a way. Like it's weird that Donna Troy, she's in her old suit, like her red suit. In the red suit, one. I was surprised. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. It's a pretty iconic suit, even though I love the black suit. But I don't know. Yeah, it's me too. Uh, Starfire is also in a rebirth suit instead of her Odyssey suit, so which I prefer. I like her yeah. rebirth suit a lot. Um, yeah, besides that, I think everyone else is in just the regular suits. Uh, Martian Manhunter's got a little bit of an upgrade on his. Yeah, besides that, everyone's in the regular yeah. ones. It's, it's nice to see Aquaman back being Aquaman and not being Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's with Mara, so that, that was yeah. cool. And he's got the beard, which is a shorter beard and shorter, well, not short hair, but shorter hair, which I like. and But still the same suit, which we can't and, change. And it looks like, the, I mean, the Doom Patrol's there. When is the last time we've even seen the Doom Patrol? I honestly can't even think of the last time we've seen them. Mm, Convergence, I think they appeared. Okay. Which was like that, yeah, that five might, years I mean, that's, ago. What, three, that's, that's, that's right before Rebirth started, right? Oh, yeah, it was like four, three years ago, three and a half. It was like... It was basically the in-between of the New 52 and Rebirth, but like before Rebirth was ready to go, but the New 52 was done. But yeah, anyway, um, th- I, I mean, I'm going to ask you your rating, but I think I already know your rating. What's yeah. your rating, Hunter? Uh, 10. <laughs> there was no flaws here. <laughs> 10. Yep, 10 out of 10. All right, I had a feeling. Um, oh. I mean, there's so many things I want to see in the series, and there's so many things that have like, oh my God, it's so awesome. <laughs> Question for you now. Uh, something that we didn't mention is this entire time that the fight's going on on Mars, uh, Batman wakes up. And he wants to send a message to Mars. It's going to take 13, me- uh, 13 minutes. He feels like this is all trick. He wants to send a message to the League. He sends the message and it fails to send. What do you think Batman was trying to tell the heroes? Um, I mean, he knows something about Manhattan. He has Rorschach's journal. So he knows something. I don't know what it is, though. I'm very curious to see what it is. I hope we find out. Yeah, do you I have guess any, we like... Do you have any theories of what the message is? No idea. <laughs> I was hoping you would have an idea. And no clue. And I can't find anywhere online that I've, people are predicting. So, Yeah, I, I searched Reddit. Nobody's got theories. But I'm very curious to see where it goes. But I'm really curious to see where this whole series goes. I mean, it's it's the greatest comic book in all of Rebirth. It's uh, I can't wait for this trade. I mean, it's going to come in 2020, but it, it's worth it. I, I can't wait so I can read this. And like the second the trade goes on sale, I'm buying it and I'm reading it. The second I get it from, you know, in the mail, I, just, I can't wait. I, I can't wait for it. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> Me too. I, ha- I have all the issues, but I'm going to buy, buy, I'm going to be buying the trade too, just because it's easier to carry. Yeah, it, it's rare that I do. It's rare that I do that with, you know, get buying the single issues in the trade. But Doomsday Clock is one of those stories that it's worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. That's now, our... on a little bit of a bad oh. note, uh, Doomsday Clock comes out. Uh, the next issue just got delayed by two weeks, which we were expecting because it was supposed to be 
uh, original date was end of March, so I was expecting it to get delayed. So yeah, two two more weeks. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, but it's still coming. Like I'm sure, April. the issue will be worth it. Yep, we yeah. might have yeah. a podcast I'm it's episode. Be April, May, and June, probably. I hope so. Hopefully. I really hope so. <laughs> Gary, if you're listening, uh, please. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening to a hero story. Yeah. Uh, usually we talk yeah, a little uh, bit more about comics and news, but because Captain Marvel came out in the biggest comic of all time, we just took those two topics. But thank you for listening. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review. And uh, I think that's about all we got. And yeah, I, I pretty much got to go to uh, something anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> hero story. I'm JD. I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Yeet.